0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Crowd Noise Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Martinez. May 30th, 2019, and the day is finally upon us. We have finally made it. We've been waiting since roughly September, October-ish range 2018. We're just entering summer of 2019, and the greatest tournament of champions is finally here. The world's greatest athletes all come together in pursuit of the ultimate championship today 2019 the Scripps Spelling Bee National Championship is it's finally here we've been waiting since the school year has started in September and it's finally here the greatest athletes on the face of the planet are all meeting to spell words out that people normally wouldn't be able to spell out. And it's finally here. So this crowd noise episode is going to be the, one of the greatest. It's, this is going to be a hall of fame crowd noise episode. We have a three and a half hour episode dedicated towards the script spelling bee national title, 2019. Um, it, This is the greatest event in sports. Not the World Cup. Not the Olympics. Not the Shuffleboard World Tournament. The Scripps National Spelling Bee Tournament. I I can't wait. It's finally here. Thursday. May 30th, 2019. It's finally here. Uh, And are there any other games on tonight? I mean, we have three and a half hours worth of content already. But I think there's some other games on tonight um is the stanley cup final tonight final oh the finals that's right the final okay the nba finals are on tonight i completely forgot about that so um yeah i guess we could talk i guess we could squeeze in some basketball here i mean i don't want to interrupt our marathon coverage of the scripps national spelling bee tournament but i mean we i guess we could squeeze in some basketball here and there why not you know it's uh obviously it pales in comparison to the 2019 scripps spelling bee national championship but i mean you know, those guys work hard too, not nearly as hard as the Scripps 2019 Scripps National Spelling Bee Championship, but uh contestants. But you know, those NBA players, they work, they put in a decent amount of work, so I guess we can give them some level of recognition. So uh yeah, the 2019 NBA finals begin tonight. Uh I cannot wait. We have a fantastic series. It's gonna be I I, I cannot wait. It starts tonight, nine PM Eastern. That's six o'clock. Pacific Time, uh, Game One is in Toronto. Toronto actually had a better record than the Golden State Warriors, which is kind of interesting because the, Toronto was a two seed, so the Warriors would have been uh, on the road against the Bucks or the Raptors. Um, so we have Game One in Toronto tonight. Jurassic Park. It, I woke up this morning like at uh, like nine thirty. That's a lie. But I woke up. Let's just say I woke up this morning like at nine thirty. I uh, looked at my phone, got a notification from Bleacher Report. And Jurassic Park had already been filled up. That is fan dedication. I I love fan dedication. I love watching the traditions, the chants of different teams and colleges and stuff like that. But it's the first ever finals appearance in the Toronto Raptors franchise history. And you know I love the excitement level that is going on in Toronto. I I root for these these teams who haven't gotten one yet. I kind of I'm sort of of the belief. Uh, that all, everyone should have the opportunity to see their team win a championship at least once in their life. I mean, you know how how sad is it? I and mean, we go back and think, like all the like generations of Cubs fans never got to see the Cubs win a World Series, and it just kind of, you know it kind of breaks your heart a little bit. And then eventually, you know, they they did break the Billy Goat Curse in uh, was it 2016 or 2014? I don't know, around it was an even year. Um, But, you know, I I feel like everyone should have the opportunity to see their team win at least one. Um, So, you know, I'm really excited that they're excited in Toronto to watch their team. And think about the commitment level. They get there at 9 in the morning. Well, they're Eastern time. I don't know what their time zones are um, because they're, I mean, it's Canada. But, you know, relative to our time, it was Eastern, East Coast time. So, 11 o'clock. And that's when it filled. That's not even when people started getting there. So, let's just say they got there like, I don't know, like 8 o'clock Eastern what is that? Uh, five in the morning Pacific time. Started filling out there. The game's not till tonight, nine p.m. Eastern. Uh, as I said uh, earlier, so you go out there at seven and you're there at nine. You're out there fourteen hours. That's not even. That doesn't even include the game time. You're just out there waiting fourteen hours for the game to begin. Another two and a half hours maybe for the game to complete. Uh, you go. I mean that's just that's next level dedication. And that's not even again. Uh, the people in the arena, that's outside the, is it the Air Canada Center, uh, I might have just completely made that up, but that's outside the arena um, you know, all those fans are, are piling in on the streets, I can't wait, it's going to be a fantastic and that's, That has nothing to do with basketball I can't wait to watch the games the games are going to be fantastic we get Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors Stephen Curry and the Golden State Warriors going, going for a three-peat uh, you know, there are two teams that are constructed very differently i mentioned in the last round the eastern conference finals the bucks and the raptors were constructed very similarly they were kind of a one-man wrecking crew surrounded by a lot of good not great players but players that fit well and complement their superstar leader the golden state warriors are the golden state Warriors they have two of the two greatest shooters of all time they have the greatest score of all time he's not ready to go just yet we'll get to that in a little while they have one of the game's premier defenders on their team they have a perennial all-star who's going to be ready to go tonight and then they have uh you know first ballot hall of fame head coach who has I think eight total rings combined as a a player a head coach and as an executive you know they're, they're like they have the pedigree. They have you know, the, the full breed. The tradition, especially recent tradition, that the Raptors do not. And yet, this is a very even series. I do not think this is going to be a runaway train that we've seen in the past two years with the Golden State Warriors winning in five games, sweeping, winning in four games, anything like that. This is going to be a fantastic basketball series. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to go the distance. I'm not going to give my pick just yet just yet we're gonna get my pick definitely I mean of course like 80% of this whole show is just me picking games we're gonna get my pick for the series but I just want to break things down from a basketball standpoint first and foremost and this is a question that I I pose for myself and I haven't seen anyone mention it on Fox Sports 1 on ESPN radio nothing so you know, it could be one of two things. Either I think four-dimensionally, and this is a question for only, only true basketball savants have posed, or it's just an entirely stupid question that no one has even bothered to bring up on national television. Uh, I'm going to vote for the first one, and we're going to go ahead and answer that question right now. For these first two games of the series, and it is is two game, guaranteed the first game, and most likely the second game as well. Kevin Durant will be out for the goal. He's not going to play for the Golden State Warriors. He will travel with the team. He's there in Toronto. He will be there present on the bench, Uh, being a good teammate and supporting the Golden State Warriors, but he will not play for most likely the first two games of the series, maybe not even the third game, but we'll see, depending on how how the series shakes up. If the Warriors go down 2-0, which, I mean, probably won't happen, but let's just say they go down 2-0, Kevin Durant will absolutely be out there game three of the finals. But for the, all intents and purposes, he's going to be out for the first two games. Guaranteed the first game and likely out for game two. Where do you place the claw Kawhi Leonard? Think about it. And he's probably going to guard Klay Thompson. And I think that's why this question hasn't been Posed on national TV or national radio, because the answer is really simple. But the way you get to that answer and the explanation for that that answer is not really foolproof. It's not that simplistic. He's probably going to guard Clay Thompson, you know. And of course, when Kevin Durant comes back, I mean, there's no question about it. He's guarding Kevin Durant, and that's going to be a fantastic matchup to watch. Uh, you know, I would have liked, obviously, for Kevin Durant to be fully healthy, Kawhi Leonard to be fully healthy, too. The, the best offensive player in of the league and against the best defensive player in the league in the finals. That would have been fantastic. But, say lobby. I don't even know if I use that correctly. But, where do you put Kawhi Leonard for these first two games in the series? And I ask this question because there's no. Kawhi Leonard is the best defender in the league. He's the best on ball. I mean, not even on ball or off ball. He's the best defensive player in the league. It's not Draymond Green. It is Kawhi Leonard. And when you have a weapon like that defensively, you want to use that to the maximum potential. You don't want to waste him on just just any player. You want to put them on the other team's best player. And the Warriors have a ton of great players, but they use them all differently. Stephen Curry runs the show. He's bringing up the ball. He's pushing the ball up, uh, up the court when they get defensive rebounds. He's razzling and dazzling with the handles. He can shoot from 40 feet away from the basket. But he's a point guard. And he's not under He's not Isaiah Thomas, but he's also not Ben Simmons. He's, a, I would say, slightly on the shorter, smaller side. Uh, again, not Isaiah Thomas, but he's not humongous either. I would not put Kawhi Leonard on Stephen Curry, not because I don't think he can guard him, which, I mean, he absolutely could. But it creates a really awkward defensive scheme for the remainder of the series or not even the remainder of the series the remainder of Kevin Durant being absent because then that's just really strange to have Kawhi Leonard you know your forward basically your small forward on the point guard where do you put Kyle Lowry you'd have to bump him down to Klay Thompson and Klay Thompson is just way too big for Kyle Lowry he would go he would just back him down in the post I mean constantly a la Dwayne Wade Kobe Bryant it would just I mean that would not work whatsoever so you can't put him on Stephen Curry Uh, He's probably going to guard Klay Thompson, as I said. But here's why I don't love that matchup. Not because I don't think Kawhi can't guard Klay Thompson. Was that a double negative? Not because I don't think Kawhi cannot. I do not think Kawhi cannot. I don't know. You get what I'm trying to say? Not because Kawhi Leonard can't guard Klay Thompson. That's not at all the case. But because Klay Thompson does most of his damage, virtually all of his damage, off the ball coming off the screens you know cutting diving you know doing all kinds of different stuff away from the ball do you want Kawhi Leonard the best defender in all of basketball constantly just chasing this guy around for two whole games straight away from the ball meanwhile the ball is not even in Klay Thompson's hands you have Kawhi Leonard away from the play you can have Klay Thompson just circle the baseline Come around off-ball screens and have Stephen Curry just go the opposite way and you create a one-on-one for Stephen Curry with Kyle Lowry. Or you can have Klay Thompson again run the baseline, give him an off-ball screen, uh, and then bring in DeMarcus Cousins with the pick and roll for Stephen Curry on the opposite side of the floor, and then you get a you get the switch, and you're probably gonna have Stephen Curry guarded by Pascal Siakam or potentially Marcus Saul, and then by that point it's it's over. So you can just might as well chalk up three points. And Kawhi Leonard doesn't have anything to do with the play. Will it be that simple? No. Nick Nurse will probably come up with some sort of scheme to where Kawhi is going to be mixing a match and it's switching every. I mean, they're going to be switching everything anyway. It's the NBA. No, I haven't seen anyone fight through a screen in maybe my adult life. I don't think any. I don't. Have, I can't remember the last time I saw someone in the NBA fight through a screen. They're going to be switching everything anyway. But if you know that as the Warriors, you're not going to set up a pick and roll situation where you're switching Kawhi onto. Stephen Curry or Draymond Green especially he doesn't have the handle that Stephen Curry has and that brings me to my next point do you want him on Draymond Green Draymond Green is a he's a good player and he's he's probably the backbone not the soul Stephen Curry is the soul of the Warriors he's the face of the franchise but Draymond Green is the spine of that team very important player for the Golden State Warriors but he is not an offensive force the likes of Stephen Curry or Klay Thompson, he is, I mean, in fact, everyone talks about Klay Thompson having to pick up the scraps from Kevin Durant, even more so Draymond Green, Kevin Durant goes down with an injury, and during the Western Conference Finals, Draymond Green just goes nuts, yeah, I mean, he had like a triple-double almost every single game that series, he just, he looked like, that was the best basketball Draymond Green had ever played, he was playing the defense that Draymond Green is capable of. He was contributing offensively, which is something he hasn't done in like two or three years since Kevin Durant has gotten to town. Has I mean has not contributed offensively in a long time. And he was a legitimate viable weapon for the Golden State Warriors during that Western Conference Finals. But he is still not the level. He's not on the same level as Clay Thompson or Stephen Curry. So do you want to put Kawhi Leonard your best defender? On the third option on the team, like absolutely not. I would rather see Pascal Siakam on Draymond Green, and you know, you know, any combination. You don't. You need to account for Draymond Green. You can't ignore him anymore, like teams have been doing, just daring him to shoot. You can't do that anymore. You have to respect him. But I wouldn't put the league's best defender on a third option, who is, you know, really dependent on Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson, the other two players. So Kawhi Leonard is probably going to guard Klay Thompson. But I do think it's going to be a matchup that is going to be worth keeping your eye on because Clay Thompson, as I said, does not have the ball 80 to 90% of the time on offense. He does lots of his damage in catch and shoot situations. That's why we love him so much here at Crowd Noise because he doesn't need the ball to score. But I don't like the idea of having Kawhi Leonard just chase a guy all around, all around the court all day long for the first, I mean, the first two games of the series, really, it's not going to be you know, something that goes on for the the length of the series. But I do think it is a matchup that is worth talking about. And I haven't seen anyone bring it up, and maybe it's not as big a deal as I'm making it out to be. And I don't, and I don't think it's a huge deal, but it is a deal. It's something that I do think will be, that will play a factor in these first two games of the series. And the first two games of the series are really the most important games in the series. It's a different, you can go up uh, 2-0, Like Think about it, the Warriors really exploit this and they go up 2-0, headed back to Oakland. The series is over at that point because Golden State, I mean, excuse me, Toronto's not winning 4 out of 5 from that point or something like that. Like They're not storming back like they did with Milwaukee. They're playing the Golden State Warriors. They cannot afford to go down two games to nothing. If you go down, uh, or not even go down, but if the series is split... Going back to Oakland, I still that favors Golden State because you go back home, but with the chance to go up three-one in the series, playing at home in the Oracle, uh, you know the the last games that will ever be played there in in Oakland, ever. They're going to have uh, all the fan support on their side, all the momentum. The Raptors need to take care of business uh, these first two games at home, and actually, really going. I mean, if, even if they split the series, the split the first two games of the series. It's not the end of the world, but I do think momentum and the advantage will be in favor of Golden State. Not the end of the world for the Raptors. If they go down 2-0, it's the end of the world. They're not coming back from that. It's not the Milwaukee Milwaukee Bucks, uh, as I just stated before. So I do think it'll be really interesting. Something that I'm going to be paying close attention to. Where is Kawhi Leonard playing defensively uh, in in the first two games of the series? Because as soon as Kevin Durant comes in, it's a more natural fit. Put your best defender on their best offensive player. Because right now, it it makes things a little bit awkward for Kawhi Leonard. And they're not going to zone up Golden State. So that way, Kawhi Leonard plays everywhere. That's absolutely... It's just not going to happen. There's no way they're going to zone the Golden State Warriors. They're going to have to man... It's the NBA Finals. You don't see zone ever anyway. Let alone in the NBA Finals against the greatest three-point shooting team of all time. So that's not going to happen. But I will be paying very close attention to where Kawhi Leonard plays defensively offensively they're gonna hit him with a few different looks uh they're gonna throw Draymond Green at him they're gonna throw Klay Thompson at him uh you know they're gonna they might throw Jordan Bell on him you know here and there in 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 spots when they're trying to rotate because Jordan Bell is kind of their jack-of-all-trades guy he guards a you know a plethora how's that for a Scripps National uh, Spelling Bee Tournament Uh, he guards a plethora of positions they had him guarding James Harden at times um in the past two series against Houston there were spots where he was guarding James Harden. So they might throw Jordan Bell on Kawhi Leonard and give him a little bit of a different look. I mean, not in spurts like six minutes, in, six minute stretches. You know, spots here and there when they're giving Clay and Draymond, uh, you know, rest on the bench, they're giving them some minutes. They might throw Jordan Bell at him to give him some different looks. Uh, they might double team him. They might do to Kawhi what Toronto did to Giannis. Everywhere he goes, there's going to be. At Least two players. There's going to be help everywhere Kawhi Leonard goes. He's probably going to get Kau- um, excuse me, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. He's probably going to get double teamed for most of the series because, like I said earlier, Toronto's a one man wrecking crew. No disrespect to uh, Spicy P, Marcus All, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, or is it Nick Van Vliet? Let me check that out real quick. But you know, the rest of the team is clearly not on the level of Kawhi Leonard, it is Fred Van Vliet. Yes, it is Fred Van Vliet. There's, uh, yeah, that tells you how uh, important of a cog he is. I couldn't remember if it was Nick or Fred. But they're not on the level of Kawhi Leonard. Clear that we all know them. They're not on the level of the supporting cast of Golden State. And when I say supporting cast, I don't mean their bench. Toronto clearly has a deeper bench than Golden State. But I mean supporting cast as Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Because the head honcho in Oakland is Kevin Durant. Uh, clearly, I mean, obviously, we spent the past 20 minutes talking about it. He's not going to be in the first two games of the series. But Golden State, their starting lineup, it's no competition. You know, it's, There's no way that Toronto can compete with this, the Hall of Famers that Golden State can just consistently throw at you for four quarters. You just wear teams down in a game and let alone in a series. Um, so they're going to try and take away Kawhi Leonard as much as they possibly can. I'd be willing to bet they're going to dare Kawhi Leonard to beat... Or they're going to dare everyone else to beat them they're going to take away Kawhi Leonard and force Kyle Lowry to win the series which no disrespect again but I don't think Kyle Lowry can take over the series and win four games for the Toronto Raptors so I guess I kind of just gave away uh, my pick uh, a little bit but we're going to go ahead and get into my pick now fully in depth I'm going to break it down kind of game by game basis so uh, here we go with that so game one is tonight. Obviously, it's it's fantastic. I cannot wait to watch this series. It's the first time in like three or four years where I've been excited for the NBA Finals, and I I'm willing to bet I'm not the only person. In the past, I mean LeBron, Golden State, LeBron, Golden State, and we everyone knew Le- Golden State was going to win the series. They swept them last year. I think they beat them in five games a year before that. Uh, you know, a few years ago we had the three. They had the three one series. Which is, I mean, and again, that series wasn't even exciting. It was an exciting, like game seven was fantastic. People always remember the last thing they see. They remember game seven and they they say, that series was fantastic. No, it wasn't. The length of the series was not great. You had one team go up 3-1, dominating the first half of the series. Then the Cavs win three straight. Like, a good series is, like, back and forth. Maybe one team wins two in a row, then the other team comes back and wins another two. Like, you have to split the series right down the middle if you say it's going to be an all-time great series. Even that 3-1 series was not an exciting series to watch. Game 7 was phenomenal, but that's one game. We're talking about the length of a whole playoff series. I think this is going to be a fantastic playoff series. The length of the series, I think it's going to be pretty balanced. Uh, you know, going back and forth, I don't know how much home court advantage... Will play a factor in this series obviously it's an advantage you want to play you know surrounded by your home crowd but I don't think it's going to be the home team is going to be undefeated in this series like as we've seen in series prior in recent history I don't think it's going to be that big of an advantage I do think these teams are really close to each other especially with the way Toronto is playing right now they're red hot um I think Toronto has Maybe not so much of an advantage, but they do have momentum on their side, clearly um, Golden State was playing better basketball at the end of their series at the end of their conference finals. They were playing better than the Raptors were, but that was nine days ago. The Raptors are coming off of a four game win streak against Milwaukee uh, less like less than a week ago, so that makes a huge difference. We talked about rest versus rust last week. I don't think the Warriors are going to come out sluggish, but nine days versus four or five days, it, there's no comparison. The Raptors are in more in the rhythm right now, and then they still they get to play at home. That's another plus for the Raptors, and think about this. Everyone's talking about, I mean, obviously, you can't talk about the series without mentioning the dominance of Golden State. What is this? Their fifth straight finals now. They're going for a three-peat how can Toronto overcome all the shooting, uh, this, that, and the other? I believe all the pressure in this series is on Golden State. They have all the pressure on them because they are going for the three-peat. to be the first three-peat in the NBA since Shaq and Kobe's Lakers in the early 2000s. Hasn't happened. Not LeBron, not even the Warriors. They got stopped. I think it was that 3-1 series that stopped them from getting a th- uh, three-peat. Um, yeah, I was right in the middle. They won one, they lost, and they won again. So that, that de- de- defeated their three people before they even had a chance to get two. Um, so it be the it doesn't happen very often. There's a lot of pressure. And again, you have faced the pressure of, are you losing Kevin Durant? Are you losing Clay Thompson? Not likely, but he's a free agent. Are you losing Demarcus Cousins? It kind of feels like this is the, the end of this modern run. For the Warriors, not if they. No, I'm not saying that if they lose Kevin Durant, they're never going to win again. They're still going to be title contenders. They're still the Golden State Warriors. They're going to be very relevant coming next year. But it's not a foregone conclusion as it's been for these past two seasons. So there is a lot of pressure on the Warriors. I feel in this series to to get this three-peat, to go off right into the sunset. If Kevin Durant leaves, I think the Golden State Warriors can live with themselves knowing that they're coming off a three straight titles and the only the first team to do it since 2000 that's a long, almost 20 years ago we're in 2019 so uh i do feel like golden state is facing all the pressure in this series now with that said everything that i've just listed is an advantage and a plus for toronto however they are still the golden state warriors it's high iq basketball analysis for you naming the team's name that's that's how you pick final series like I said, it's Kawhi Leonard and a bunch of good, not great players. I can't, and then especially you. I can't see Toronto beating Golden State four out of seven games. I just can't. Does that mean this series is going to be a blowout? Absolutely not. I think Toronto can win this series. Do I think they will? No. I would not be shocked if they did. I'd be surprised, of course, because they're knocking off the current dynasty in the NBA. So it would be somewhat of a surprise, but I wouldn't be shocked because I don't think they can win. I just don't think they will. They definitely have the depth, the defense. Uh some, and they haven't Golden State has not seen the Raptors much. I mean, obviously they've played LeBron for the past 15 years. They haven't seen any they haven't seen any team that hasn't had LeBron at the helm. So this is a different look for the Warriors and of course everyone th- calls back to this game. I don't know I mean I I don't know. They go, everyone goes back to game 1. The Western Conference Finals, when the Spurs were up 24 points on the Warriors with Kawhi, Zaza Pachulia undercuts him, uh, you know. Uh, finished, he was out for the series, and the Warriors came back in that game and then swept the series. So, everyone points back to that, showing Kawhi's dominance over the Golden State Warriors. I do think this is going to go the distance. I think this will be a seven-game series because of Kawhi Leonard uh, and his greatness. I and then you know, I do think. Uh, because you're missing Kevin Durant the first two games of the series, obviously advantage Toronto Raptors. You, can have a, you have the opportunity, playing two games at home, the first two games, to jump out on the Warriors 2-0 and then force the Warriors' hand. Maybe, maybe Kevin Durant won't even be ready for game three, but being down 2-0, he has to play in the series. You can't afford to go down 3-0, obviously. He'd be, you'd have to force him back out onto the court earlier than he maybe is uh, earlier than 100%. And then you're still at an advantage because you're up 2-0 in the series. Even if they win that that third that game three, they're still up to one. You're still up two one with a chance to go up three one game four. Um, I do think Toronto has the advantage early in the series because of Kevin Durant being absent and because they have played more recently. What I think will happen, here it comes into my prediction now. I do think the series will go seven games. I think this is gonna go the distance, which is what we deserve as the fans. It's about time we have a competitive series that goes seven games with a competitive seventh game. I don't want a game seven where it's a 30-point blowout at halftime. And it's like, why did we even go this far? We should have just ended it in six. I want to see a competitive series. I want to see a fun series. And I think that's what we're in for all seven games. Um, I do think these first two games will be split. And as I said earlier... That is an advantage for Golden State. It is a huge advantage for Golden State. It's always an advantage when you go 1-1 in the first two games for the lower-seeded team, I guess you could say. Even though Golden State is technically a one-seed and Toronto is technically a two-seed, but Toronto had a better record in the regular season, therefore they have a home-court advantage. It's always an advantage for the team who doesn't have home-court if you can split the first two games because you come back home for two straight games with the opportunity, obviously, to go up 3-1. So I do think Golden State will have an advantage going back to Oakland. I think they'll win. I think Toronto's going to win tonight. I have a strange feeling. It's not even a strange feeling. But I I have a hunch that Toronto is going to jump out on Golden State tonight. They're going to take Game 1. I do feel like the Golden State will come out somewhat slow. I mean, again, I don't think there's going to be too much rust. This is not their first rodeo, the Golden State Warriors Steve Kerr knows how to manage a team. They're going to be ready, but they're not going to be as fresh as Toronto is going to be. And when I say the word fresh, obviously they've had more rest than the Raptors. But when I say fresh, I mean they're less game ready. Toronto's coming out of a six-game series against a very good team, which they won four straight games. The Warriors played their best basketball over a week ago. They swept the Blazers, and they were playing phenomenally. That's a long time. Over a week, uh, playing against a team who's playing their best basketball, I'm going to take Toronto tonight because I do think they're more in rhythm. They have more momentum. The, the arena's going to be shaking. It's a franchise's first ever finals appearance. And if game one is at home, I think it's going to be um, not a dominating Toronto win, but a comfortable win. Say 8-9, maybe 10-11 points, something like that. like A comfortable win, but not entirely dominant. I do think Toronto will win tonight. Golden State will even the series. Um, When is, oh, Sunday. Okay, so there is a break between uh, games because in the World Series, it does like it's 2-3-2 and you play each of those days. You'll play back-to-back days, a travel day, and then you'll play three straight days, a travel day, and you'll play back-to-back. The NBA Finals, it seems like there is a generous amount of time in between games. So tonight, game one, Thursday, uh, May 30th, at 9 p.m. Eastern, and then they play a game two on Sunday. So you get two days off in between games. I do think Steve Kerr, that's plenty of time for Steve Kerr to make any kind of adjustments and come back and even the series in game two, heading back to Oakland. Then game three will be on Wednesday. So how many days, or another two? So Every game will have two games in between. So it's going to be a a relatively long series, I guess you could say, no matter how how many games are played? It's going to be long because you have two games, two days in between each game. That's kind of a long time. Usually, there's a one you play every other day, and then there's two days when uh, you're switching arenas. When there's a travel that you get that extra day um, to commute in between series. But this series is going to have two game, two days in between every uh, game, and then they'll play game four on Friday. Yeah, so there's two days in between every single game. Uh, I don't hate that. I mean, I as a fan, of course, I'd like to see them play. Each day. I'd like to see them play tonight and then tomorrow a travel day. Like, kind of like in the World Series in baseball. Um, but you know, it's not terrible. It's not going to ruin the series. It's not a huge deal. It's just my personal preference. It's only because I, I love the NBA Finals so much and I want to see these games so much that I want to see them play that often. But yeah, two days... It's going to seem like a long time because we're all going to be impatient. We're all going to be waiting for the next game, but it's not a huge deal. I think going back into Oakland, obviously tied 1-1. Golden State will go up 2-1 in that series. And then Toronto will win game four and even the series uh, 2-2. I do think uh, Golden State will win two games in a row. I think they'll take game two. And I think coming back into Oracle, I think they'll win that game as well. They'll win back-to-back games. It's going to be hard for the Raptors. And this is... The tipping point, usually the team that wins the most consecutive games is going to win the series. Now, that seems kind of like a Magic Johnson quote, the first team to win four games is going to win the series, obviously, but I, I mean, it, it you can't afford to split each, each game. If you go seven games, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, whatever the case may be, you have to try and win consecutive games to build momentum. I think if Toronto obviously goes up 2-0 in the series, that's going to be a huge advantage. I mean, duh, they're up 2-0 but that's going to be a huge um, momentum boost for them because if, even if they drop that game three, let's say they go up 2-0 and they drop game three, you're still up in the series. I think splitting games for Toronto, is that's, that's going to be the ultimate kiss of death. I do think Golden State will win back-to-back games in game two and game three. Toronto will win game four. Now here comes the tipping point. As I said, you have to win games consecutively to build momentum and have any kind of... So that way, you're, you don't want to be on your back foot in these series. You want to always be pushing ahead. You don't want to take steps back. I think Golden State will win Game 5, and this will be the ultimate tipping point in the series. Now, this game is going to be in Toronto, because it's 2-2-1-1-1, which is the best playoff format, period. I wish the World Series Baseball would follow this format. They go 2-3-2. It's absolutely absurd that the home... the the home court advantage team does not get game five at home. Game five is the most pivotal game in any series. It's the most pivotal. I mean, because you're either winning the series or going up three games to whatever. That's the only what that's the only two possibilities. Cause you can win the series if you're up 3-1 and then you win game five, or it's tied 2-2 and someone is going up three games to whatever. So I game five is the most important game in any series. And they do get it at home, but I do think Golden State is going to win this game. And that's going to be the ultimate tipping point. Toronto will force a game seven in game six in Oakland, which is kind of a shame for the Warriors because it's that is the last game that will ever be played in in the Oracle Arena. The last game ever in the finals coming off of a loss. Golden State's going to try and close it out there um, especially in front of their fans, uh, but I do think Toronto. I kind of, I'm kind of. Now that I'm explaining this out to myself and hearing myself out loud, kind of leaning towards Golden State winning in six because it's going to be the last game ever. I mean, they're going to do everything in their power to win that last game, their last game ever in Oracle Arena, winning an NBA championship. But I do, I'm going to go with Kawhi here, the killer, the Terminator himself. I'm going to put some faith in here. He'll force a game seven. And I'm going to take the Warriors in seven games. Now, and and like I said, the Raptors have an opportunity here to take games four and five at home. The tipping point, they do not get the back-to-back, the consecutive wins. I think that's going to be the undoing of the Toronto Raptors. Golden State will take game five. The Raptors will take game six. And then Golden State will finish it in seven games. There you go. Crowd noise pick for the 2019 NBA Finals. The Golden State Warriors with a three-peat seven, sending Kevin Durant off on his travels into the sunset with a 3peat. The Golden State Warriors keeping their main core intact with the 3peat. Uh, you know unfortunate that they don't get to send uh, send the fans home at Oracle with a championship the last game ever in that arena. And you know who knows, they probably will end up everything I just listed. They probably will win that game 6, but I just feel like Toronto will find a way to force a game Seven especially I mean you can't clearly you cannot bet against Kobe Leonard. You just can't do it. So I I don't think he's gonna go down like that. I think he's good enough to force seven games. And you know, at that point I think the Golden State Warriors gonna be just too much. Kevin Durant will be in full swing. He'll be he'll be in rhythm, he'll be in shape. Um hopefully we see less of DeMarcus Cousins actually because he kinda muddies things up for the Warriors offensively. I just think it's going to be a little bit too much, and we're going to see that vintage Kevin Durant, that classic Game 7. It's going to be a fantastic game. I think that game, especially in Toronto, it's going to be really loud. It's going to be... I mean, it—it it, the best two words in sports, Game 7. It's going to be a great game. Uh, the cherry on top for a fantastic series. I think it's going to be incredibly competitive. The Golden State might only win this game by five points. I think it's going to be a really close game, but it's just going to be too much Golden State, too much efficiency, too much experience, too much shooting. I think they're just going to take over and dominate that game seven. Uh, and what's going to be a good game to watch, but c- clearly they are the better team. So there you go. There is the Crowd Noise uh, NBA Finals pick. So with that finals pick, now we now have our champion, the Golden State Warriors. Um, what do you do immediately after the series is over? We well, give out the trophy and then you select an MVP. So I'm going to give not only my pick for the championship, picking the Warriors here, I know, super creative, but we're also going to pick the MVP for the series, which I kind of wanted to save towards the end because, I mean, the MVP obviously isn't determined until the end of the series anyway. But if I had picked the finals MVP, that kind of would have gave away my pick for the series because it's only ever happened one time where the losing team... Had the NBA Finals MVP it was Jerry West, the logo himself in a losing effort. He was the Finals MVP, and I don't think that would ever. Ha- I don't think that will ever happen again, no matter how, how dominant any player could be. Now, if there's anyone who can do it, obviously it's Kawhi Leonard because he's on the inferior team, not by a lot, but the Golden State Warriors are better than the Raptors. They're probably going to win the series. Are are the Warriors, um, but. Kawhi may be the best player in the series, especially with Kevin Durant out. He's going to be the best player in the series for at least the the first two games, possibly the length of the series. Depending, I mean, cuz Kevin Durant's not going to be 100% coming back immediately. He's going to it's going to take a game or two for him to get back into the swing of things. I don't think it's good. I mean, I don't see any scenario where Kawhi Leonard like averaging 40 points a game, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. It would take a legendary line. For him to lose in seven games and then win the finals MVP, especially when you have monsters on the other end like Stephen Curry, Hall of Famer, Kevin Durant, Hall of Famer, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, a Hall of Famer. So, I mean, Draymond Green's a Hall of Famer. Don't argue. He's on one of the greatest dynasties of all time and an important cog in that team. He will be a Hall of Famer. Um, So, I don't – it would take some ungodly performance for him to – get. and then think, if he's playing that well, the Raptors are probably going to win the series, so – I don't think it's going to be Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Am I going to write him off? No. I think if there's anyone who can do it, um, it's Kawhi. LeBron was someone who, like two years ago when they got a gentleman's sweep when they lost in five. People were throwing it back and forth because he was having such a phenomenal series, but they lost in five games. Could he be a Finals MVP, the first one since Jerry West, and he didn't win it, so I don't see... I mean, obviously not out of the realm of possibility, but I mean, very unlikely. So um, the favorites to win the finals MVP or the favorite is, well, the favorites are Kawhi Leonard. He's number two and Stephen Curry being number one. With Kevin's rant being out these first two games, it seems like the door is open for Stephen Curry. to. He doesn't have a finals MVP. As great as his resume is, he's an all time player. First ballot hall of fame. at all the accolades. He doesn't have a finals MVP, which is kind of, it's surprising, I know, to think that Steph Curry, the face of this dynasty, doesn't have a Finals MVP. is everything else. The only thing he's missing is that MVP. And I don't, because he is the, the betting favorite, that kind of leads me to believe that he won't win it. I mean, unless, because the Finals MVP is not necessarily who is the best player on the team. It's who played the best over the course of the series. So in that one year, Andre Iguodala, and it's debatable, Stephen Curry probably should have won that year anyway. But Andre Iguodala, clearly not the best player on the Warriors, not the third best player on the Warriors, and won finals MVP that year, took it away from Steph Curry. So I don't think it necessarily, it's a guarantee Steph Curry is going to win the finals MVP. Are his chances improved? Of course, because he's going to have the ball in his hands way more. He's going to be relied on much more to score uh, for the Warriors. I mean, he's... Stephen Curry they're going to need him to score anyway but without Kevin Durant he's going to have to be play at an elevated level. My pick for NBA Finals MVP is actually not Steph Curry because he's the betting favorite. It's it's rare that the betting favorite in any sport in any whatever you're betting on is what unless it's like horse racing because horse racing generally the the betting favorite horse usually wins. I mean I, but again it's horse racing. Like, who? Like, are you eighty-five years old? Like, we're not betting on horse racing. We're talking about the NBA Finals MVP. Uh, Draymond Green is someone who's very interesting for Finals MVP because I feel like he's the X factor in this series. And the X factor, similar to the NBA Finals MVP, is not necessarily your best player. Your X factor is the guy who, if he's playing well, you're going to win the series, You're going to win the game and possibly the series. If he's not playing well, it's going to be really hard for you to win. The Cavs, throughout were their run, their mini dynasty. it wasn't even a dynasty, they only won one title, but when LeBron, Cleveland Part 2, when LeBron came back to play with Kyrie and Kevin Love, who was the X-Factor? It wasn't Kyrie, it wasn't Kevin Love, it was J.R. Smith. It was a guy where, if he has like 15, 20 points, the Cavs are going to win the game and probably the series. J.R. Smith was always the X-Factor for the Cavaliers. For the Lakers, there are three finals trips in a row, and they won back-to-back against the Magic of the Celtics who is their x factor? It wasn't Kobe Bryant? It wasn't Paul Gasol. It was Metal World Peace. If he can defend and hit big shots, the Lakers are going to win championships and he hit probably the biggest shot of that that seven-game series against Boston, uh that three point that three point dagger and I I mean what what a fantastic shot. He was the x factor. He hit a big shot. They win game 7, win the series. So, I think Draymond Green is going to be the x factor for the Golden State Warriors. Kevon Looney's another candidate for x factor, but I mean Draymond Green is going to have a more prominent role than Kevon Looney. So I lean toward Draymond Green. Uh, And Like I said a little bit earlier, he's been playing phenomenal. This is the best basketball that Draymond Green has ever played in his career. Quite honestly. And I think part of that is because he had been playing so poorly, a lot of people had written him off, and he felt like he had something to prove. So Draymond Green has been stepping up. He's an interesting candidate for Finals MVP, someone who I lean towards. But I get the sense. I'm going to stick to my boy here. I'm going to kind of do a little bit of fan service a little bit. But I do think if this player plays to the level of a finals MVP and is giving them 25 a night or even 30, or something like that, the Golden State Warriors are unbeatable. Klay Thompson. I feel my pick for NBA finals MVP, and it's kind of a biased pick. I'm not going to lie. The intelligent pick would, would be Draymond Green because of his impact defensively uh, and offensively he, he moves the ball around uh, very well I will give Draymond Green that even when he was struggling to score and he couldn't shoot a three And everyone was daring him to shoot he moved the ball around very well He's, very, he's a very intelligent player when you watch him play offensively he, He's not very skilled in the sense of scoring or shooting But he is smart enough to know what he has around him He moves the ball around very well So Draymond Green, an interesting candidate, and probably he's going to be up there for finals MVP. But I'm going to lean towards Klay Thompson. And it's probably not the wisest pick in the world because, like I said earlier, Kawhi Leonard is likely going to be guarding him for the first two games in the series, meaning his numbers are probably going to go down. But I do think his his impact defensively, because remember, he's going to be guarding Kawhi Leonard for sure with Kevin Durant out. Uh, you know, in tandem with Draymond Green, I think he will pick up the and the Warrior, the Warriors, Steve Kerr, the way they do the rotations. There's always a starter out on the floor, but it's never their starting unit. It's kind of interesting the way they rotate around. They always have at least one to two starters on the court mixed with their bench guys. So Kawhi Leonard is not going to be constantly shadowing Klay Thompson. He's going to get, uh, he's going to get some bench guys on him. And I think that's really what he's going to start scoring in spurts. His three point, and we all know, Clay Thompson comes to play in the postseason. A few days ago was the anniversary of when uh, Game Six Clay, when he had eleven threes against OKC. That was the last time that Kevin Durant played in the Oklahoma City Thunder uniform. Clay Thompson just went bananas in that game and in that series. They the Golden State dynasty may not be relevant today if not for Clay Thompson, because I I do believe firmly in my heart if Oklahoma City wins that th- that series. I think they win the finals and then it's really hard for Kevin Durant to leave. I don't th- who knows, maybe he still leaves, but it's not a bad as bad of a situation cuz you went to a team that you beat. Who knows? It's one of the greatest it's one of the what ifs in the NBA, but I do feel like Klay Thompson is three-point shooting and his defensive prowess on Kawhi Leonard. He's not going to lock him down, but I do think he and Draymond Green in tandem will slow down Kawhi Leonard enough. I feel like Klay Thompson is going to be the NBA Finals MVP. Stephen Curry does he need a finals MVP? No. His resume is so... He's already a first bout. Like, what else, What was this going to do for Stephen Curry? Possibly insert him into the greatest player of all time conversation? You know, maybe. that It might push him over the top and in that conversation. But I still don't think people are going to put him over LeBron or Jordan, Uh, you know, in that conversation. So, will it help his resume? I, I mean, of course. It's not going to hurt it. Does he want it? probably he does want it. not probably of course he wants mvp who doesn't want to win mvp in anything you know how many kids are going to be fighting for mvp of the 2019 Scripps national spelling beat tournament everyone so he's going to want the mvp of course but i do think clay thompson because of his contributions he's going to be in more big moments i think clay thompson because he doesn't have the ball in his hands constantly when he does hit shots it has a bigger impact NBA Finals MVP is actually, like I said, it's more who's playing better in the series, and it's about what moments you have in the series. What do we remember from that, going back to the 3-1 series, Golden State and Cleveland? What's the one moment you remember for that series? Go. The block. So it's always one moment. I think Klay Thompson will have a, a monster shot, either to put them over the top, maybe a game winner, maybe a shot that just... Um, they're down and it sparks a run. Whatever the case may be, I think Klay Thompson's going to hit a huge shot in the series. It's going to be a moment that we look back to and say that was the turning point. Maybe it's that Game 5 that I talk about where Golden State really takes command, goes up 3-2, and then even though it goes to Game 7, they, have, they really have the advantage for most of the series. It could be in that Game 5 where he has a defining shot that wins that Game 5 and just puts him up 3-2 and then the rest is history. I think Klay Thompson will win the NBA Finals most valuable player now it is a biased pick i'm not gonna lie i love clay thompson you guys know that clay thompson one of my favorite players um but it's not a ridiculous pick i mean clay Thompson's gonna have an impact in the series clearly and think about this he's gonna be i don't like this word i don't like this word one bit but for lack of a better word salty he's gonna be salty because he didn't make nb all nba even third team uh he didn't make the nba third team are you kidding me? He's going to be incredibly motivated. And then mind you, it's a contract year, cost himself, or not even cost himself, the media cost him $30 million on a Supermax deal because he didn't make all NBA third team. He's going to be playing even better to get all the extra money uh, in a contract year. Solidify himself um, with an NBA Finals MVP. I didn't win, I didn't get on all NBA third team. Well, guess what? I got this Bill Russell trophy right here. How's that? How does that look? So I think Clay Tom's going to be extra motivated. I don't think it's that ridiculous of a pick. Is he most likely to win? No. Most likely would probably be Stephen Curry or Draymond Green. But I think that's why it's a solid pick. Because again, I always like to pick away from the most likely. Sometimes you can't reinvent the wheel, and the most likely person or team to win, or whatever, is that's who's gonna win win the game or the award or the series, whatever. But most of the times you gotta kinda think outside the box. Um March Madness Tournament. It's never the favorite. Did Duke win the? Did Duke even make the Final Four this year? No. Um, the, Patri- well, the Patriots, they're always one of the favorites, so that's kind of a low blow. But, um, you know, for the most part, it's teams you don't... It's teams and players who aren't the favorites to win championships and MVPs and stuff like that. Um, would James Harden, would he have been a favorite this year? And we don't even know. It might be Giannis who wins the MVP. But would James Harden have been a favorite to win the MVP this year? one of the favorites but maybe not the number 1 because he won it last year and then he he follows up with another mvp caliber season my personal mvp um maybe not winner that is yet to be seen but i do think because clay is not one of the top 3 favorites that's the guy for me i'm taking clay thompson to win the bill russell mvp uh trophy in the finals now time for the quote of the week we got a good one we got a good quote of the week so let's go ahead and get into that Okay, quote of the week. Now, it's a little bit, not old, but slightly stale. It came one week from tomorrow. Last week, we had we had um, an episode a day late, remember? It was game six of the Eastern Conference Finals. We did a whole show, whole show about that, obviously. Um, and the Bucks lost. Obviously, we're here now. We know that it's the Warriors and the Raptors. And after the series, you know, no one's ever happy to lose ever come on but especially lose four games straight you know you went up 2-0 in the series you had you had all the advantage in the world then you lose the series in, in six like that, that's it's ridiculous but so you know after the after the game after the series press press conference players are upset clearly i mean they're they're kind of high on the edge i kind of like players to stick around and answer you know face the music answer questions from the media but i i understand you know, you're just so passionate about what you do and there's so much emotion in sports that it's hard to sit there and ask these. these some, and some of the questions are ridiculous. How do you feel after you just lost four straight games? Like, how do you think I feel? Like, some of the questions are dumb, but I'd like to see athletes uh, sit there and answer the questions. If they don't, I understand, but uh, that's me personally, I would prefer to see athletes face the music. But anyway, Kupo, onto Antetokounmpo, understandably upset after the series losing four straight games and uh you know reporter asked him what do you think about experience this and that and the other so here we go quote of the week quote from Giannis Antetokounmpo here we go quote